Good morning. Michael's here. I think a few of the rest of you are. So good to see you this morning. Um, I love to see your bright, shiny faces uh, because it seems like we have had more clouds than sun here recently. Um, and so I am glad to see your bright, shiny faces today to make up for that cloud cover outside. I don't know, some of you may be gloomy day type people and like the clouds, but, but here lately I think I'm ready for some sun. But it is sure good to see each and every one of you. Hope you're glad to be uh, in the house of the Lord today to worship His name, uh, to sing praises to Him, to consider how fortunate the people we truly are to have been bought by and purchased by the spotless Lamb of God, the blood that, that Christ shed uh, to bring purification for our sins and to give us eternal life. And, uh, you know... Football season is over for us, sadly. Uh, there, one day there'll be a, a there'll be no more football seasons. Uh, but there is coming a day when there will be endless days of endless praise. Football, basketball, a big old buck that somebody killed in Fredericksburg. Uh, none of that is going to hold a candle to our our mighty God, our Savior, our King. If you're visiting with us today, uh, sure appreciate it. No, no, for, not forcing you to. If you would uh, just scan that QR code on the bottom right, uh, it'll take you to, if you're watching online, it's on the screen. Uh, you can scan that. It'll take you to a place online where you can uh, find a digital bulletin, have sermon notes, announcements, all kinds of things there. Then also you can scroll to the bottom and find a place where you can share information about yourself. Uh, we'd love for you to do that. Again, if you don't, we're, we're not going to be upset with you. But promise not to harass you. Just want to know that you're visiting with us. A few announcements to make, uh, pass along to you. First of all, uh, after church today, uh, the Centra the Ch- Kids Silent Auction Fundraiser will conclude. Uh, there's a spaghetti dinner, and the silent auction will uh, conclude. If you're not interested in, in uh, you can't stay, there is a donation box in there if you would like to make donations. So um, please help our kids go to camp. This it's a, uh, It helps to... To fundraise for our Centra Kid preteen camp, and it's a, a great experience for those kiddos. I want to remind you also that um, on the, the on the 18th, so two weeks from tonight, uh, we will have uh, David and Vanessa. They are IMB missionaries uh, from Central Asia. They are right now. Uh, they are on furlough, and they are living in the mission house uh, that is owned by the Heart of Texas Baptist Network. They're going to share about their work in Central Asia. We're not going to be able to record or live stream. So if you want to, to hear that, then you're going to have to come and, and, and uh, participate in that. Uh, also looking for those that would be willing to uh, light candles for Advent. If you're interested in doing that, just make sure to come see me. We also have on December 7th, that's this Wednesday at 6.30, our children's Christmas program. Uh, Marcia, is there anything we need to say about uh, do you have enough cookies and everything? Sign-up sheet. Sign sheet in the foyer. Need sandwiches, need sandwiches and cookies. Okay. All right, uh, and then also to remind you, starting Sunday nights in January, we're going to uh, read and discuss Ed Welch's book, Side by Side, Walking with Others in, in Wisdom and Love, so I encourage you to uh, buy that book. It's not very expensive uh, to have it on hand, ready to go when we start that stu- study. Uh, I said study, and I stuttered staying steady. Uh, my tongue isn't awakened yet, at any rate. Um, we also have our December business meeting. It'll be next Sunday night at 6.30. The meeting agenda is posted in the foyer. If you need to get an item of business on that, uh, just make sure to see me before Wednesday. Uh, poinsettias, 
Don't they look beautiful? Doesn't our sanctuary look beautiful? We decorated it last Sunday night at Hang of the Greens and really enjoyed that. But poinsettias, if you'd like to purchase one in memory of a loved one, there are $10. And if you have questions about that, just make sure you connect with Marsha, who's doing so much at this time of year. <laughs> also, Santa's helpers. Speaking of Marsha, if you need to, if you want to help out with Santa's helpers, there's, uh, is there, are there, there's one uh, child, and there's a wish list or need that's, that's uh, tacked to the bulletin board, and you can donate to the ministry, you can shop, uh, if you can't afford to shop, you can be reimbursed, just make sure when you shop, wrap the items separately, and have those ready to go December 12th. If you have any questions, contact Marsha. Y'all are following along. Good deal. Um, also, I wanted to let you know there's, there's um, in the bulletin, there is an insert. You notice it says Fighter versus Churchwide. Uh, we are going to, in January 2023, we are going to start memorizing short passages of Scripture together. And notice right above the QR code, it says, So that we can more effectively fight the fight of faith. And I'll keep getting information about this before you. It's one verse a week. Now, some of you think, well, that's a lot. But you remember phone numbers. And you remember a buck that you killed 1,800 years ago. You remember all kinds of things. So you can memorize Scripture. We're going to work on this together. And uh, it's, it's how we're going to, in 2023, emphasize the importance of the Word in the life of believers. Are there any other announcements that need to be made at this time? All right, that was a lot. That was a handful. All right, so last week we, James is going to come and light our candles this morning. Last week we began our season of Advent with lighting the candle of hope. That's that first candle on the right. And this morning we're going to light the candle of love. Thank you, James. Each of the candles um, have their own uh, significance, hope, uh, Hope, love, joy, peace, and and in the middle is the Christ candle. Uh, The colors are symbolic. The light is, is of course, symbolic. That's why at Christmas we always have lights up. It reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world. And lighting a candle is a simple yet profound act. It is a testimony to the power of light over darkness. And as we light this second candle of Advent, we continue our journey to Christmas. The second candle of Advent is called the love candle. As we anticipate Christmas... Let us remember our loving Savior, how He came once as a baby, that the world through Him might be saved, and how He will return in in glory. Join with me in reading these words of Zephaniah. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by His love. He will exult over you with loud singing. How do we know that Jesus came to love and demonstrate love? As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And what does this mean for the followers of Christ? Jesus told his disciples, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. 
Scripture reminds us we love because He first loved us. Jesus is the true reason for hope and love and joy and peace this Advent season and forever. Let's stand and worship Him. Praise the Lord. His mercy is
as we worship you this morning for your coming. God, we pray that you'd be glorified in us. Be honored and praised. In the name of Jesus, we pray. time of the year where we focus on missions, particularly international missions through giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Um, Our goal is $6,500. Can we go to that next slide, Miss Tracy? Thank you. Our church goal is $6,500. We've already had $500 pledged given uh, to that, so we praise God for that. We'll give this month and through the next month, uh, and I realize it's sometimes it's easier to give than others, but I encourage you to pray to the Lord and ask Him how He might want you to give sacrificially uh, to the, the mission work that goes on around the world. And as is our custom, we're going to see a video to help us understand what God is doing around the world and how we contribute, it, contribute to it through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. I say to be a 
You know, to us, evangelism and discipleship isn't just like one hour a week meeting with them and doing a Bible story or going through a scripture. To us, it's, it's spending life with them. It's living with them, being there with them, and then sharing scripture with them, sharing the truth with them. come to the city from the villages, they immediately are looking at in the face of the reality that they're invisible in the city. So the women are out there begging on the streets and people are walking by them constantly. They don't see them. They don't even acknowledge them. They don't talk to them. And so I think God's really opened up a door for us to come into their lives and see them. So we see their needs. We don't look at them as some invisible person or some number or some project. We look at them as made in God's image and people that deserve to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So we started a project to help us gain access to the Embarra people. And this project helps them provide jobs. And it gives us a reason to be among them and spending time with them so that we can share the gospel with them. So there's one lady that we met through our ministry and she's really a leader among the community. And we were able to start meeting with her and her family and start sharing the Bible stories with her. We would go visit her every week and we've just been faithfully sharing with her for over three years. And finally, about two months ago, she decided she wanted to give her life to Jesus. And we were able to baptize her in her community in front of the whole community and she's able to testify what God has done in her life. The hope would be one day to be able to see Embera missionaries be sent out to their villages and share the gospel, share the God stories with people so they can have enough information to follow Jesus. We just want to thank you all for giving to the Lottie Moon offering because without that, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. We're able to focus on our ministry. We don't have to worry about raising support and we're able to really just dedicate all of our time to sharing the good news with people who have never heard. open your copy of God's Word to John 3. Since we were little, we've all quoted this verse. It's always been a VBS verse um, from when I was growing up. Um, but these are the words of Jesus, and I want us to focus on this this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world would, through him, might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, 
that his deeds may be clearly seen. And they have been done in God. We have our ushers come forward at this time to receive the offering. While the ushers are coming forward, I want to remind you that this is, starting from this Sunday all the way through next Sunday, is a week of prayer uh, for international missions. And so um, I don't think we have prayer guides here with us. I think over over the years, um, the missions organizations have gotten away from supplying that in order to put more money on the mission field. So I will do my best to email you during this week um, ways that you can pray each day. Um, And so let's bow for a word of prayer, and then we'll worship while we receive the offering. Father, we are indeed grateful for how you have given to us. And as we watched that video and and saw the Embera people uh, and the poverty in which they live, and struggles that they have, uh, we're grateful, Lord, um, that our lives are, are um, Lord, in your providence, you, you gave us material blessings. Uh, and Lord, help us not to worship those, uh, but to use those and steward those in ways that bring you glory. Uh, we pray, God, that as we receive um, back, that you receive back from us offerings that we give to you, we pray that it would be with glad hearts. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.
that nothing we can do in and of ourselves will satisfy your holiness. So we thank you for Jesus. Father, what love you had for us to give your only begotten Son that we should have eternal life.
Please take your copy of God's Word and turn to the book of Hebrews. We'll be in the opening three verses of Hebrews this morning, continuing in a sermon series that comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's entitled, His Name Shall Be Called. This morning we're focusing on Mighty God. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, you should find some, uh, a Bible somewhere around you. It's hardback, black. Turn to the back of the Bible, find page 169. And you'll be at Hebrews chapter 1. Again, we're looking at verses 1 to 3 today. I do hope that you will open the Word of God and keep it in front of you. Um, The reason I say that is because um, I I would never intentionally bring heresy before the church and, and preach it as God's Word. But you don't know that. Um, you need to have your copy of God's Word open. And you need to be like the Bereans to to test and see, um, is this what the Scripture says? Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. This is God's Word. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's pray together. Father, we have sung and we have just read... Now our hearts and our minds are going to consider uh, the incarnation. The fact that Christ Jesus, the eternal Son of God, uh, became the incarnate Son of God. Truly God, truly man. it's, It's an amazing thing for our minds to stop and to consider uh, the beauty, the depth, the wisdom of the incarnation. And to know that there is one sitting at the right hand of God 
who is like us, who is our advocate, our mediator, our intercessor. Lord, we thank you that the one that sits to your right hand is truly mighty God. We pray it in his name. Amen. You may be seated. As I indicated just a minute ago, we are in a sermon series that comes from this verse right here in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. And it reads, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. That was the topic of, our, of last week's sermon as we considered Christ's wisdom on display. Mighty God, that is what we'll turn our attention to this week in Hebrews chapter 1. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you look at the Hebrew words that make up the word, the phrase mighty God, nothing unusual, nothing out of the ordinary, pretty straightforward. Mighty refers, it was, was usually used in the Old Testament to refer to someone, uh, you consider David's mighty men. With them being called mighty, that meant that they were men of exceptional strength and courage and bravery. And they they were known also for military prowess. And God, of course, here is referring to Israel's God. Now as we consider these texts, these verses, verses 1 and 2 present us, present the reader with uh, what you might have discovered at one point in your school career, a, a question that went something like this. Compare and contrast... And it would get, and and I don't know how many of you liked those. I liked those because I could do that. I, I could uh, whistle, you know, wiggle my way through that. Um, that was a whole lot easier for me. But the reader is presented here with a compare and contrast. Compare in these texts one thing that is like uh, alike all the way through is that God spoke. Notice long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke. To our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. Now long ago, so that we understand this, really what it means is the time prior to Christ's coming. And extends as far back as, as when God began to speak to mankind. In these last days, the writer of Hebrews is referring to the time period that has, was inaugurated at Christ's coming. In these last days since Christ has come. So there's where we have the, the, what's alike. Throughout this text and throughout Scripture, God has spoken. But there is a contrast. Notice that the writer of Hebrews points out that there are two different speakers. A long ago, he says in verse 1, and many times in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Now here I believe, and the scholars also agree, that prophets is a summary term for the Old Testament scriptures. But in the last days, notice in verse 2, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. That word translated his is not even there. In, 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 in Greek, it's actually by son. Now, if we were reading this and we're thinking, Okay, long ago, many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. We might think, but in these last days, He has spoken to us by the apostles. But that is not what 
the writer of Hebrews, the, the Holy Spirit inspiring this writer, it's not what they said. Long ago, it was the prophets that spoke. In these last days, it's the Son. The speech is also different. Notice it says, in verse 1, long ago at many times and in many ways. It's referring to what we can understand to be progressive revelation. Where there were pieces that were um, added to what people understood about God and His purposes. And particularly in, in the case of redemption history. It's progressive revelation. And God revealed Himself through words. He spoke. He revealed himself through dreams. You know, Joseph was a person who had dreams and could interpret dreams. God revealed himself in visions and in oracles. But then also God revealed himself. He spoke through what we might consider types and shadows. For instance, David was a type of Christ in that David faced down the biggest enemy of God's people and was the champion who won the battle on their behalf. Points to Christ, who, as our champion, fought for us and won a battle that affects us. So that that is a type, but then also you think about shadows, how the tabernacle, the sacrifice, the Levitical priesthood, all of these things are shadows of the reality that is Christ. Think of it this way. These many times and in many ways, they're like puzzle pieces. They're puzzle pieces that God gave to His people over time. But in these last days, God didn't give puzzle pieces. He gave a full and complete revelation that's definitive and final. Christ is not the type. He's the anti-type. David is the one who pointed forward to Christ. Christ isn't the, the, the shadow. He's the reality. The tabernacle, the temple, the sacrifices, the priesthood, they all pointed to Him. To say it a different way, if God spoke in puzzle pieces in long ago, many times, many ways, in this last day, He has given us the picture on the box cover. And the audience is different. Long ago, many times, many ways, God spoke to Our fathers, the people of Israel. But in these last days, since Christ has come, He's spoken to us. Spoken to the people of God throughout all ages. God speaks to His people. He does not want to keep us in the dark. Now to put all of this together, all of what I've just belabored in these two verses, to put it all together, we need to keep this word in mind. It's the word continuity. Continuity. Although God spoke in many times and in, and in many ways, there has been continuity in His speaking. He spoke to the Father through the prophets about the coming Messiah, but it wasn't completely clear how all the puzzle pieces fit together because they were missing the picture on the box cover. And when you have the box cover, then the picture gives you the framework for how the pieces fit together. So I want to put before you this that I believe, and I I think the writer of Hebrews would agree with this. He may not say it the way that I am saying it. I think the writer of Hebrews is answering a question. Is Jesus the picture on the box cover? This is an important question that these folks need to answer because... Understanding that the writer is writing to Jewish Christians who are being persecuted. 
in order to persuade them that Jesus really is the picture on the box cover, if you think back to the Gospels and to the Pharisees and Sadducees, the scribes, the religious leaders, when they looked at Christ, He was not the mighty Messiah that they had on their box cover. So the pieces of the Old Testament didn't fit into the box cover they had. In fact, they wouldn't say that Jesus was or even is God. In other words, He's not mighty God. But in this text this morning, not only... Does the writer of Hebrews say, yes, Jesus is the picture on the box cover. He is the mighty God that was promised in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And I'm going to prove this to you. In fact, the writer of Hebrews is going to prove this to us three different ways. First, through the position of the Son. The position of the Son. The Son has three positions that are mentioned in the text. And the first is that of living air. Now, it doesn't say living in the text, but I added that for a particular reason. Now, an heir, it's mentioned there in verse 2, whom he appointed heir of all things. An heir is someone who receives an inheritance. In the Old Testament, that was usually considered to be the firstborn son. That's the person who received uh, the double portion of the inheritance. But when you think of inheritance, you think of firstborn son. Paul in Colossians 1.15 writes, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. I notice in the text it says that Christ is the appointed heir. He was appointed heir by God. And it's not because God died. It is on account of the fact that Christ's redemptive work would accomplish salvation, giving Him a people... To inherit. Now, the reason I added living in front of heir is that a dead son cannot be an heir. That that makes no sense at all for there to be a dead son who would be the heir of an inheritance that he cannot enjoy. Now, why do I bring this up? Because Christ is a living son. He died and was raised again to life on the third day. So he truly lives to be the heir of all things. Christ as living heir on account of his redemptive work is the heir of all things, having been appointed by God. Just a few chapters over in chapter 2 verse 10 it says this, It was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things Exist. All things exist for Christ. It is He that will inherit all things. But Christ is also the great high priest. You don't see those words here, but notice verse 3 says, After making purification for sins. This refers to the work of the high priest. And we think of that particularly in the day of atonement. Now when a priest was on duty, there was no time for sitting. Because there was always work to be done. But Christ as the great high priest has made purification for sins once for all times. A finished work. No more work needed. And because of that, he sat down. Hebrews 10, 11 and 12 says, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down. At the right hand of God. 
And as I read this, <clears throat> scholars have, have looked at verses 1 to, to 3 or sometimes 1 to 4 and noticed particular structures within it. And as I was given that a go myself, it, I noticed that, that there were six or seven descriptions of Christ. And the seventh one was that after making sacrifice for sins, he sat down. And it made me think of the six days of creation and resting on the seventh. Now, I don't know if that's what the author of Hebrews intended. But Christ has achieved for all of us, by virtue of him being the great high priest, a rest for us. Christ is also Lord of all. It says in verse 3 that after making purifications for sins, he sat down. Not only did he sat down, it's where he sat down. He sat down at the right hand of God. Now the right hand, that is an important place. Now we all know the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. You know, he had a rough go, but then he was the number two guy in Egypt. He was at Pharaoh's right hand. It was a place of position. It was a place of, a, a, a position of power, a position of authority. And, and, and it, weren't, it certainly wasn't a place of inactivity. Joseph was working for Pharaoh by virtue of the power of his position and on the authority of Pharaoh to prepare for the famine. You remember that? He had people bring stuff. He, he took a portion of the harvest because he knew there was famine coming. Well, Joseph points to Christ. Christ sits at the right hand of God which is a position of power and authority. Jesus said right before, and we say this every week, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. 1 Peter 3.22 says, talking of Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and powers and authorities having been subjected to him. Christ Sitting at the right hand of God is Lord of all, and He is not doing nothing. Romans eight thirty four. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, interceding for us. Verse three. In being Lord of all, notice that He upholds the universe by the word of His power. The Son, He is the one on the box cover by virtue of His position, but also by His power. Notice in verse 2, it says that Christ, and how it's worded is very important. It says, But in the last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. Now, we are familiar with the Old Testament story, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. But where was the sun? What was the sun doing? This tells us that the sun was creating. John 1, verse 3, all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1.16, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And Revelation 4, when Christ appears as a lamb having been slain, 
people around him, the beings around him, they say, Worthy are you, O Lord, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. The Son does not only have the power as creator, but he has power as, I'm sorry, as Savior. Verse 3, it says, After making purification for sins. Now, this, the word making is a word in the Greek that's in the middle voice. Let me just illustrate to you what middle voice is. I shaved this morning. I was the one who, who acted, and I was the one who was acted on. That's middle voice in, in a clear uh, um, illustration. Now, when we understand Christ as Savior, and that He was making, after making purification for sins, not only was He the one acting, He was the great high priest, but He was also the one acted upon. He is Christ, the spotless Lamb of God. And Hebrews 9.12 combines both of these things together in one verse. He entered once, that's He is Christ, entered once for all into the holy places. That's talking about Him as the great high priest. Not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of His own blood. There He is, not only as high priest, but as the spotless Lamb. Who gave his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. So by making purifications for sins in himself, Christ made a way for salvation. Therefore, making him Savior, powerful Savior. But he's also a sustainer. Verse 3 says that he upholds the universe by the word of his power. That word is a Greek word that, that really means his powerful word. It means that Christ as Lord commands and it happens. Psalm 33.9 For He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Think of the final chapters of Job where after Job has sat before God and put out his defense and asked God, I want you to come and tell me why things are this way. God takes Job on a, on a tour of the universe. It says, could you have created this? Not only that, could you run it for a single, solitary moment? And and Job says, I repent in dust and ashes. What do we learn from that? We learn this, that Christ is the powerful sustainer. He upholds all things by His powerful Word. Colossians 1.17 And He is before all things. And in Him, all things hold together. If Christ took His hand off the world for a split second, there would be nothing but chaos. But in Him, all things hold together. So Christ is the picture on the box top by virtue of His position, His power, and then finally His person. He shares the glory of God. When I talk about person, we're describing Christ in His being, in His essence, in who He really is. And He shares the glory of God. Look at verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God. That is to say, Christ is as glorious 
as God the Father is glorious. John even wrote about this in John chapter 1 verse 14 where he said, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. And notice what, Paul, what, what John says. Glory as of the only Son from the Father. Christ is as glorious as the Father. He is the radiance, the brightness. This sense of brightness that radiates from a source like light rays radiate from the sun. Now the writer of Hebrews is, is telling us more about Christ than just that he shares the glory of God. Follow this. Light rays are not the sun. But the light rays share in the glory of the sun. Now I realize when we start talking about uh, incarnation and trinity, there's some ways that human language is going to fall short. The Son is not the Father, but is the brightness of His glory. The Nicene Creed in talking about Christ Jesus says, He is light of light. Just as God is light, Christ is light. In fact, we see this. In reality, in Acts chapter 9, verses 3 to 5. Now, as he went on his way, he, being Paul, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, who are you? Who, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Speaking to the light. And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. At his transfiguration, Matthew records, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And then symbolically, which is just as true as Christ is very light, he is light of light from God. But there's some symbolism here in and, and James uh, kind of hinted at this uh, when he read from, from uh, John chapter 3, John 8, 12. And again, Christ, uh, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Christ shares 100% in the glory of God, but he also shares in the nature of God. Verse 3 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. That word for imprint is the word from which we get our English word character. Now that word in the Greek originally denoted an engraver or an engraving tool. Now later on it meant the impression itself. Usually something that was engraved, cut in, stamped, a character. Typewriter, a letter, a mark, a sign. Now, this impression with its particular features was considered as the exact representation of the object whose image it bore. In other translations, they say that he is the representation or the exact representation, the exact expression, the express image, the exact imprint of God's nature. Nature is the Greek word hypostasis. That's a word to remember. It's, it's describing the essential or basic structure and nature of an entity. 
It's talking about the substantial essence or nature, the actual being, the reality of that person. It's also translated, the word nature is translated as being or essence or person or subsistence. Just as the Nicene Creed said that Christ is light of light, it also says that He is God of God. He shares the nature of God. In fact, Christ Jesus said Himself in John 10.30, I and the Father are one. Now, of course, it's talking about unity. It's also talking about the fact that Christ is of one essence with the Father. So Christ, by, by virtue of His position, His power, and His person, He is, in fact, the picture on the box cover. And the rest of the book of Hebrews is devoted to supporting this conclusion. Although the writer of Hebrews may have had a different aim with these verses, it's very clear that they show that Christ is mighty and Christ is God. And our takeaway is this. And I want you to hear this. In order to understand the Bible, that's one, and in order to translate that understanding into faithful Christian living, you must have the right picture on the box cover. You must know who Christ is. I said in the, in, at the, in the intro that Hebrews was written to persecuted Christians. And in the Roman Empire, Judaism was permitted, but Christianity was not. And there are various views about Hebrews, but the majority view is that those who are being addressed in Hebrews were considering a return to Judaism to get away from the persecution. But one thing that they didn't understand, and I would suggest, I would recommend to us that we fail to understand sometimes. We fail to understand that suffering comes before glory. And what the writer of Hebrews wants to do, and, and what we should want to do, is to see Christ. The mighty God. And see that he is worthy of suffering. A light and momentary affliction. Because this affliction that we can suffer in this life. Is nothing in comparison with the weight of glory to come. Now why do I say that? We are in an Advent season. We look back at what God has done in Christ. We look forward to his second coming. And we know that the world is not getting any better. We might be a far piece from the people, from the situation of the people in Hebrews. But that doesn't mean it may not come. And that there may, may not be times where we would think, man, this is hard. I don't want it to be hard. How can I try to be faithful to God and get away from, from hard, from difficulty, from affliction? We can't. To try to get away from it is to try to picture a different box cover. Because Christ himself embodied suffering before glory. So part of what the writer of Hebrews tries to get his audience to understand is that knowing what the box cover looks like 
and that all of the Old Testament provided the pieces so that now we take that box cover and put it all together. Now we put our faith in the one that's on the box cover. That He truly is mighty God. And that oftentimes He chooses in our lives to show His power in weakness. And I close with this. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. This is Paul talking about his thorn. You know, and he had prayed, Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ, and I'm inserting this, the mighty God may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong in the mighty power of God. May that be true of us. We be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Let's pray. Lord, You are mighty God. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the incarnate Son of God. You are the risen and exalted Son, ruling and reigning, interceding for us, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And you are mighty. Lord, show us your might. Help us to meditate upon your might. Help us to to look deeply through the Scripture at the box cover. And trust that you will help us to make sense of the Old Testament and also to make sense of how we ought to live our lives in light of knowing Christ the mighty God. And we pray it in his name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing Emmanuel. If there is a decision that you would like to make during this time, you're more than welcome to. If you need to come pray, the altar is open. Let's sing together. update on on prayer requests. Um, We need to add Bert Holland. Barbara, we need to add Bert Holland to the prayer list. That is Colt's grandfather. And um, Colt's grandfather had a stroke. Ruled out a stroke. Okay. He fell. has a fractured disc in his neck. He's going to have surgery to fuse it on Wednesday. So we need to pray for Bert. Uh, we also need to add um, Brianna Grant. That's um, Brenda's granddaughter. Okay, She's just fallen on some hard times um, and is going through a, a difficult season of life. 
We just need to pray that the Lord will, um, will, will give her clear vision uh, about the path she needs to take. Uh, I noticed that Clara Ramirez is on the list. Can anyone enlighten me as to who that is and why she's on the list? Barbara? She's a baby. Oh, baby okay, girl yeah. Born at, um, six weeks early. Oh, so yeah. She's, she's doing good. She's Sorry. getting better. Still in the hospital, but, but growing stronger every day. Okay. Very good. Thank you. That's your niece. Romero. Romero is the last name. Um, any other updates that anybody can pass along? Well, um, we're going to deviate just for a moment from our, our normal Sunday morning. And James has got something he needs to share with us. I'm just going to read this because it's going to be a lot easier for me. Dear church family, I've been with you through the sweetest and most difficult times of, in our church has experienced in a while. From the loss of loved ones that means so much to us to the great pandemic of 2020. We have laughed together and cried together. We have grown together. We have shared with each other our struggles. Over the past three and a half years, we have grown deeper in worship together. We have come into his presence with both gladness and desperation. I stand before you both with joy and sorrow that I know that God has a plan for my family and I cannot wait to see what he is going to do next in the life of Cherokee Baptist Church. I will cherish the time I've had with you and will remember fondly the steps of grace that God has brought me through uh, to fall in love with the church again. I stood before you a few weeks ago singing I Surrender All, knowing that in my heart that I had not. I offer you my resignation in order to walk in obedience. I must let go of what is familiar and safe in order to go to where God is leading me. God has been working in my heart since 2009, but especially over the last year, calling me back to a calling that I surrendered to as a young man. God has used this church and our staff to grow uh, some things in me as well as bringing some healing for me and my family. I love you, and I want to say a deep thank you for, for loving us in Christ. I want you to know that I, will pray, that I will be praying for you as often as I think of you. It is with the deepest affection that I say, as Paul said so many times, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. You will be missed, and I pray we continue lifting each other up in grace until we stand together in his presence. So do you want to share what's next? So I'm going to go be a pastor. That's, that's the next step. I'm not sure exactly how that looks yet. Um, there's a possibility I'm going to be an interim, and I'll find out more over that the next couple of days. But um, you can run from God, and I'm going to stand here and tell you, you can run from God all you want to, but when he calls you to something, he's going to keep calling you until you obey so, um, and I, man, I cannot tell you when we came here, we were hurting and broken because of people in the church and you guys have through the grace of God's walked us through some very healing stuff. And, uh, I just can't tell you if nothing else, if God didn't put Cherokee Baptist church here for any other reason, he has used you in the lives of my family. So I just want to say thank you. And I love you. Why don't you come down here, James? We can have Terry and Michael. Do y'all mind coming forward or wake the baby? If you wake the baby, you can just stay put. 
Okay. Well, brother, um, you know we love you. I just want to say I'm so thankful for his testimony about God working in this church to bring healing to him. We've talked over a long period of time about how it, it's interesting some things that we had to work through that were um, kind of circumstances or, or um, I can't even. No, well, yeah. He had gone through some things in previous churches. And, and when I, he and I began to walk a path together, and, and there was something snapped in him. Something was different. And we were able to work through that. Uh, and, and I just praise God that this church has been a place of healing and, and, and love, a great place of service for James. Brother, you have done a fabulous job. Um, I know these folks are going to miss you greatly. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to come back this one last time and lead us in worship and look us in the eye and to tell us uh, how much you love and care for us. Uh, we're going to pray for him. And those of you that would like, this is going to be how we're going to con- conclude our service. If you'd like to come forward, oh, James, you and your family just come stand right here in the middle. If you'd like to come forward and surround him, I'm going to offer a word of prayer and then we'll be dismissed to go get some spaghetti. So anyone would like to come, uh, surround them. No pressure. Um, if you're thinking, man, that's a long way to walk on these old knees, that's, that's fine. You just pray from where you are. Father God, we are so incredibly grateful for your grace and your mercy. We're grateful that um, Lord, we were dead in trespasses and sins and you called us to life. You gave us the faith to, to believe in Christ Jesus. Uh, and you gave us new life. Uh, and Lord, you have never let go of us. You've walked with us through highs and lows. And Lord, as I pray these things, I think about James and his family. And how you have walked with them through highs and through lows. I'm grateful, Lord, for the healing that has taken place. For the, for the glad service he has offered here for the worship that he has led us in, for his heart of worship, for his devotion to you. So, Lord, as we send James off with gladness and joy in our hearts, it's bittersweet, but we also know, Lord, that him walking in obedience to you is more important than him staying here and leading worship for us. So we commit him to you. We ask, God, that you put steel in his spine, that you put courage in his heart, that you give him wisdom, strength, Uh, for him to walk in the days that come. I pray for the church uh, there in Lomita, uh, Lord, that they would uh, be walking in step with you and that in the midst of it all, they could see, Lord, you're doing something. We pray, God, your richest blessings on James and the family and that you would use them for your glory, that James and his family would burn out for you. We pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. I encourage you to come by. Uh, give James a good send-off, and then uh, meet us in the fellowship halls for some uh, spaghetti. Have a great day.